Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. We're in a series that we're calling The Beatitudes, and I just ripped it off from Jesus, okay? That's really where I got this one. And uh, he's, he preached a really good message in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 called the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, this, is a, this is a portion of that uh, scripture, and we've been in Matthew chapter 5. And uh, today, today I'm going to talk about the power of meekness. The power of meekness. Say meekness. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you need a little meekness. You look like you need a little meekness in your life this morning. Come on, tell him. You need a little meekness, a little meekness in your life. Uh, so, so good to be together today. Can we pray together before we begin, begin to this morning? Heavenly Father, we love you. It is with a full heart of thanksgiving, God, that we stand in this place, sit in this place, and receive from you this morning. We thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the power that we have because of you. Because of your love for us, you endue us with power to live the life we could have never lived on our own. God, a life walked in redemption. Not meaning we're perfect, but we have the option to step into perfection. And so, God, we thank you for allowing us this morning to walk close to you. In our frailty, keep us close. Speak life over us. And God, thank you for continuing to change who we are to make us more like you. That's our desire. That's our heart. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Um, Matthew chapter 5, we're going to begin right there as we have the last couple weeks. As usual, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today, and that's because... I could give you everything I've got, and it would pale in comparison to any passage of Scripture, okay? So the wisdom within me is minimal. The wisdom within the Word of God, there's no capturing it all together. So I want to give you a lot of Scripture. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, we'll start in verse 1, says this, And seeing the multitudes, this is speaking of Jesus, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted talked about mourning last week how many of you are here for that talked about mourning last week it was hard it's a hard message to preach because it's it's a hard subject to to kind of lean into blessed are those who mourn right we talked about mourning and grief being two different things grief is automatic mourning is a process come on mourning has to do with healing Grief, I've known people that have been in grief all, all their life. But mourning, blessed are those who mourn. Jesus is saying, those who mourn, they're looking for strength. They're holding on to strength in which they've never had. They wouldn't have had it. Outside of connection with him, there's no strength to mourn. There's no, there's no process of moving on. And then I'll just tell you, many of you saw or heard, um, but I, I, it was Tuesday evening. I got home Tuesday evening. And my dog that we've had for 13 years couldn't get up. And uh, her name was Hope. And I had to put Hope down. Two days after preaching about mourning. And some of you right now, you're thinking, it was just a dog. It was a dog that I had for 13 years. (laughs) Right? She was my buddy. She was almost 14. She would have been 14 the day before, or two days before Christmas. And uh, by the way, we haven't told Miss Pam that yet. We need to tell Miss Pam 
Miss Pam, um, that dog was born. Miss Pam bottle fed that dog for the first two days of its life. And then we bottle fed it for weeks because it was the last puppy in that litter that lived. We called her Hope because she was our only. Yeah. And uh, we got a dose of mourning this week and continue to be in that. But For they shall be what? Comforted. I'll just tell you, losses of in debt, the, the loss in death is one thing we've experienced in the last couple years, but the loss of a lot of things is piling up. And I'll just tell you right now, we need to learn how to mourn. Come on. The loss of what? The loss of normalcy, the loss of the way it used to be, the loss, all those things. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. How many of you want comfort? Yeah. And today we get to the verse of Scripture we're going to tackle today. Blessed, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This word blessed is translated happiness, but we've talked about this last couple of weeks. It's not the kind of happiness that we would normally have. It's not, it's not the happiness because of the happenings, Right? A lot of times the happiness in our life is based on the happenings of our life. In other words, the circumstances, if they're going our way, we're happy. If they're not going our way, we're not happy. That's not what, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying that he's got a happiness for us that, is, that will bring about an internal joy that no matter the circumstance, are you hearing me? No matter what the circumstance, we can have this place of blessing. We can have this happiness that is truly unexplainable, regardless of what's taking place in our life. And I'm not saying that you become this weird, plastic person. that it, There can be tragedy all around you, and you still have this weird smile. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that where joy truly comes from. Are you with me? There's a happiness there. There's a, there's a joy there. There's a, a blessing on, on your life. Blessed are, are the, the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, right? They shall be comforted, but blessed are the, the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Sometimes we hear that word weak and, or meek, and, and we, we wonder, that, that's not a popular word. How many of you use the word meek today? Probably not, Right? No one looked at whoever cooked breakfast and said that was kind of a meek breakfast. <laughs> right? You just wouldn't do that. This, this word's really, it's, it's, it's kind of not a now word for us, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's a Jesus word. Okay? He even used it, Jesus, in, in talking about himself. He didn't, he didn't give a lot of descriptors about his own self, but in Matthew chapter 11, he says this in verse 28, Come unto me, all ye who labor... And are heavy laden. I love that, that term heavy laden because it's, it's a descriptor of so much. It, it's like, like so much is put on to you that it looks like you're going under, right? Heavy laden. Like maybe someone is saying something about your family. You're heavy laden. Maybe there's so much weight on you right now. Jesus is saying, listen, come to me. Come to me. And when you feel like you're going under, I will give you Rest. I'm going to give you rest. I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for, for I am meek. There it is. He calls himself what? Meek, the word we're talking about today. He says, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and 
Yea, shall I find rest unto your souls. Right? I'm going to give you rest. I'm going I'm to give you rest. It's interesting that Jesus ties in rest when we talk about meekness. When he says meekness, he also uses the, the word rest. I, I think it's important because here's what I found. The angriest people are the most exhausted people. You find me someone angry, I'll show you someone that's not sleeping at night. You find me somebody that's snapping at everybody in their life, and I'll show you someone that's not getting enough rest. And Jesus knew. He said, if you want to find rest, right, if you want to find rest, take my yoke upon you. Hello? For I am meek and lowly, and I will, you will find rest into your soul. It is important, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Matthew 19, we see the story where Jesus has the encounter with the rich young ruler, and he, sh- he shows up, and this dude's got it going on. You know what I'm saying? This cat, he's got the right clothes on. He looks good. He looks the part. His hair's, his hair's right. Come on, everybody. How many of you know some of you cared this morning if your hair was right? Others of you didn't, and it's obvious. <laughs> Just kidding. Some of us, it don't matter no more. Come on, everybody. Hello. <laughs> We've been hunting the last couple days up north, northern New Mexico, right on the Colorado border, and uh, my, the top of my head kept getting cold. I was like, what's going on? Dylan's like, really? <laughs> Shut up, boy. You go walk over there. <laughs> this guy, Matthew 19, the rich young ruler, he's got, I mean, the, the disciples, they're glad to have someone show up that maybe, ought to, maybe could pay for lunch. You know what I'm saying? These fishermen were broke. The, the, the tax collector, he left the tax world and went with Jesus. He don't have no more money. Right? They're, they're happy. They're, they're all excited. They're fired up. This, it's like, it's like this, this guy, he shows up. He shows up with popularity and influence. Come on, everybody. The disciples are excited about it. And, and, and he wants to follow Jesus, and Jesus says, ah, that's great, but let's talk about this for a minute. He, he says, uh, he goes over some of the commands, and the rich young ruler says, yeah, no problem, I got it, I've done it. I've kept all these things. I got it down, right? This is who I am. And, and Jesus says, yeah, but there's one more thing. There's one more thing we need to talk about. We need to talk about your surrender. Are you willing to let go of it? What's he talking about? His wealth. The Bible says he did what? He hung his head and walked away. How many of you understand? Without some meekness in your life, there's no closeness to Jesus. Without meekness, you hang your head and walk away. This guy, he shows up seemingly having it all together. Everyone in his world wants him on their team. And Jesus cuts through the mustard and says, yeah, but there's one thing. How many know Jesus can read your mail just like he did that guy? And often he does, right? Right? And we, we think one thing and then, and then the humility comes. Right? The meekness can come. Right? And, and I'll tell you this. You'll either be offended or you'll humble your heart. There's no in between. And we see this man doing that right 
here. That's where he says, no, 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 no. I, I, don't, I don't think I want to follow that. Right? And Jesus finishes up the story, begins to talk to his disciples like the Beatitudes. Right? And Jesus says in Matthew 19, 30, he says this, but many who are first will be last and the last first. We don't use that phrase, the last first. How many of you use that phrase lately, last first? How are you doing at work? I'm last first. <laughs> How's that promotion going? Probably last first. Come on. Right? We don't, we don't, use, that, we don't use that phrase a lot. How, how you feel today? Last first. We don't, Psalm, teach, Psalm teaches something about the benefits of the beatitude, okay? Psalm chapter 25 verse 9 says, The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. He guides in justice, and he, he didn't say the perfect. He said the humble. He teaches his way. Read the beatitude in the living Bible. So good. So good. This beatitude, Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, the one we're talking about today, in meekness, it says this in the, in the, in, in the living Bible, blessed are the meek, for they, shall, for they will inherit the earth. In the, in the living Bible, it says this, the meek, and, the meek and lowly are fortunate, for the whole wide world belongs to them. How many would love to just have ownership of the whole wide world? Come on. Right? I'm just going to tell you, yesterday, every big deer we saw was on private property. And we talked about it. Wouldn't it be nice if this all belonged to us? Come on. We could grow big deer. Right? Big elk. Right? Big deer. Big deer. Like the one we saw. Like the two we saw the one day and the other one we saw the next day. Big. Right? Where, like, I wake up at night thinking about it. <gasps> Did he jump the fence? Boom! <laughs> yes! Eating something other than turkey. If you look around right now, it looks like the whole world belongs to the angry, the brash, the cruel, the powerful, the loud ones. And preacher, you're standing on that stage telling us to be meek. I ain't never seen that pay off for anybody. The Bible says the meek should be at the top of the list for the whole world belongs to them. It's so good. This, this, this passage is so good. Look at it. Look at it in the message paraphrase of Scripture. It says this. Look at this. In the message, Matthew 5 Verse 5, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Here it is. My gifts, my talents, my journey, my personality, my skill, my heart, everything. Here they are. No more, no less. Come on, oh, my, 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 my. No more, no less. People are trying today to buy themselves into power. People trying to finance themselves into influence. Jesus says, Jesus says that belongs to the meek. It's so radically opposite of the world around us, yes? 
Jesus says it's the meek, it's the humble, it's the lowly, it's the kind. They have the power to possess. The real voltage of victory lies with those who discover the power of meekness. Did you hear me? The voltage of victory, the victory is ours if we can harness the power of meekness and not the power of power. Too often that's what the world around us is looking for. Not the power of this world, but the power of the meek. (laughs) And as you hear these things, you allow these beatitudes to become part of who you are, resonate in your own soul. There's such a paradox. And this this is a kingdom paradox. Jesus almost always taught like this. He, he taught this way. It, it was different than the culture that, that they lived in then and that we live in now. How many of you know? Jesus, is, his, his culture, he seemed to speak in a way that valued what was absolutely abstract from what was going on around him. Right? The last shall be first. Like, I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense, right? All these things, right? Th- these are the things, right? These, and Jesus often taught this way. He, 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 he taught that you're, you're truly alive and you're, it, when you're serving. Hello? When you're serving. You, you gain by losing. Hello? You, you really live when you're, when you're dying. You, you rise up when you're bowing down. It's a kingdom culture. It's not a worldly one. And you, you, you're the first when you're, when you're last. You want to grow, then you've got you to give. And literally, if you want the whole world, you find it with, with meekness. Come on. And we hear all this and we think, yeah, but meekness is just unattractive. How many of you ever thought that? Raise your hand. You're afraid to raise your hand because you're not meek enough. <laughs> not a lot of people... Seek after this as a strength. Come on. You don't go to a job description and say, man, I'm just super weak. I mean, I'm super meek. I'm super meek. I've got meekness going on in my life in such a way right now. You wouldn't believe it. I just wake up more meeker than I was the day before. I get power meek naps. You know what I'm saying? And again, it's, it's not a word that we use right now, and I think it's because it's not something we value. Because it's not something we understand. Hello? Because we've been, we've, been misunder, we've been misinformed about what meekness is. Why would I want to talk about meekness when I talk about how awesome I am? Hello? I want to talk about how great I am and not how meek I am. Yet when you look at the Bible, you find a guy, you find people all through Scripture, you find a guy named Moses who, in the Bible says, that Moses was one of the meekest men to ever live. Now, (laughs) granted, I know Moses wrote that about himself, but it's still in the Bible. (laughs) Right? So every word of Scripture has meaning, purpose, and is true, the infallible word of God. How many of you believe? Come on, everybody. Moses was a deliverer. Moses was a warrior. Moses led a couple million people out of captivity into the promised land. Moses fought battle after battle. Moses, Moses utilized the power of God through Moses to part the Red Sea. Moses led. Moses was victorious. How many of you know this? And Moses, the Bible says, was meek. What about Isaiah? 
Isaiah, the Bible talks about how Isaiah walked in meekness. Isaiah confronted a whole nature, or nation of idolatrous people, right? The whole nation worshiping idols. And Isaiah stood against all of it in the power of meekness. In the power of meekness. And if we're going to talk about those guys, let's talk about the greatest man to ever live. Jesus Christ. I mean, there's not a whole lot of self-description, again, of Jesus, but he says a few things about himself. One of them is, I am meek. So here's what I want to do. I want to fact-check meek this morning. How about that? Everybody's into fact-checking? Let's do a little fact-checking this morning with this one big idea. And the truth of the matter is this, write this down, meekness is not weakness. Tell your neighbor, meek ain't weak. Meek ain't weak. Meek ain't weak. Meekness is not a doormat. Come on. It's not fragile. It's not lazy. It's not sluggish. It's not defeatism. Meekness isn't timid at all. If you look at the word meek throughout Scripture, it's simply this. Write this down if you want to write it down. Meekness is strength under control. That's what meek is. That's the boxer in the corner with his mouth shut versus the guy in the other corner talking trash. Right? Listen, there is no need to talk trash if you can do business. Right? I'll never forget in junior high. (laughs) In junior high, seventh, eighth grade, I don't know which. I I had to be in the seventh grade because Joe, this guy, and I'm using real names to, to you know, to... To, to absolutely expose the, the, the guilty this morning. My buddy Joe, he, he caught a pick six and ran it back for a touchdown, you know. And when he went in the end zone, he was, you know, doing the whole slow motion thing. And then he spiked the ball behind his back. Boom, like that. And guess where Joe was the next four games? Sitting in the stands with his mom. You know why? Joe wasn't on the team anymore. Because in our, in, our, in our school system, we had in the program, we had an ideology of this. You're going to play humble or you ain't going to play. Hello? Because it wasn't about you. Come on, somebody. We didn't have our name on our shirts. We didn't get no praise like that. Come on. You want to brag, brag with the scoreboard. We'll have our rah-rah moment in the locker room after the game. We're not going to do it out there and rub it in the face of anybody. Because meekness is powerful, right? And anyone can talk trash. How many of you how many of you seen people talk trash and then get their head knocked off? And they come to talking trash. They're like, you aren't bright, are you? Not skilled either. We just witnessed that. Right? Meekness is not weakness. It is strength under control. Meekness is submitted power. That's what it is. It's literally strength under control by God Almighty. When you get into the Greek and study these words, it's the picture of a powerful horse. A powerful horse, not a miniature horse. Come on. Not a pony. My little pony, right? They look cute. They're terrible. How many of you know they're terrible? 
I'm talking a powerful, fierce, strong, fast, muscle, just rippling like me today after Thanksgiving. No, no, no. This is body by pumpkin pie. Come on, everybody. Pecan. We got fudge in my house. School fuel. Whipped cream. That purple stuff. I don't even know what you call it, Mom, but you bring it every year, and I like it. It's got that cream cheese on the top. It's got that purple underneath. I eat it. Makes me fatter and funner and happy. Come on, everybody. Happy. I'm talking this morning about meekness. I'm talking about being like a, like a horse being broken, right? Like, like, a, like a horse being, it's trained. Hear me today. Its strength is still there, but it's surrendered strength. Hello? It, it, it's submitted power. It's so much stronger. So much. Now, it, it's being led with purpose. It's power under control. Come on, everybody. It's not, it's not reacting wild or damaging. It's not hurting those in its path. It's submitted. It's surrendered. And, and one, one scholar said it's under the reins of the master. That's what meekness looks like. So often we're, we're not living under the reins of the master. And what happens is we will run over people and we'll damage them. Right? Like a wild horse out of control. It's kind of funny. Last night we're coming home and there was two horses running down the, the highway outside of Clayton. And uh, we tried to help this guy in front of us. There was a feedlot coming up and we tried to, trying to get these horses into this feedlot. The gate was locked. We couldn't. Finally, the guy called the sheriff, and we were tracking down people and all, the, all this stuff. And uh, Dylan stepped out of the pickup and walked over by the fence, and I'm like, dude, they will run you over. Just know that. Now, that one little horse was little, but how many know a horse running at you in the middle of the blackness of night will hurt you? Right? You got to be aware where it's at. How many of you have had the moments in your life where you just ran someone over when they said something about your kiddos. Hello? Right? Mama bear's in the room. I'm talking to you right now. Right? You just, le- you just ducked your head and leveled them. Right? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Hello? I'm not telling you to back off too far, but um, I am saying this. You got to tame that. Lord, help me be controlled in my response. Because an out-of-control life will hurt you. I know you know this, but if you think about it, a broken horse is more powerful than any unbroken horse. Because a broken horse, a horse that is submitted to its rider, is so much more powerful because they have greater potential. Greater potential. You can have a better pedigree, bigger, faster, stronger. If he ain't broke, he stays in the pen. When it's time for battle, he don't leave. Jesus isn't looking for people that got it all together. Come on. He's looking for some people that are submitted to his nudges. the power of meekness so there's sometimes sometimes here's the thing Christians believe that meekness looks weak 
Like we have to submit to things that aren't God. And by the way, the culture puts pressure on us to do so. Right, everyone? You can't say there's not, there's, there's, you can't say there's only one way to, to get to heaven. Yeah, I can. The Bible says there's only one way. Well, you, you, have to, you have to understand, we live in a different time and a different age. Listen, I understand that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. We don't have to lay down. We don't have to cower down. That's not what meekness is. The culture around you will tell you that that's what meekness is. You can't stand and be strong. We have to give in to the culture and not stir up any issues. That's not meekness. Ladies and gentlemen, that is in itself the description of weakness. That is weakness. Giving in to everybody because it's just easier to agree with them. How many of you have ever caught your, don't, I know you won't, but you, in the room, you've said this about yourself. I'm just not a controversial person. I just don't like conflict. Can I tell you something? Yes, you do. Yeah, you do. You're fine with being in conflict when you truly believe something. Well, I still don't like it. Well, don't like it, but get used to it. Hello? They, they crucified Jesus and he was perfect. You're not. Culture sometimes wants the church to be quiet. Listen, no, we're going to declare the truth. We're going to declare the truth. But also, listen, we don't need to shout the truth like, like, like we're beating people with it. We need to love them with the truth. Come on. Love them with it. It doesn't back off that, we, that, that what God's word says, it says. It doesn't back off of that. It doesn't give in to the culture around us, changing everything. Listen, that, that's, if we just beat people up with the truth, that's just anger. That's not meanness at all. That it's, it's so, so we aren't pushovers and we're not sledgehammers. Okay? I believe the, pe- the picture of meekness, again, is surrender. I'm surrendered to a greater power. I'm surrendered. It's the power of God, and it's, it's hard. Yes, it's hard. It is a difficult thing to walk through life in the culture that we live in submitted to the power of God. It's hard. Look at me. I'm going to be truth-telling time right here. Okay, Pastor Derek, I'm going to give you the 411 on me. I wish I could take the Beatitudes and do like a pick three. Like a multiple choice, like two, four, six. I'll take those, you leave the rest. Hello? Come on, everybody. Right? Like a pick three at your favorite restaurant. I'll, I'll have the ribs, the mac and cheese. I'll have the, the green beans with the ham in there or, or the bacon bits. And then I'm going to go with the, the, healthy, the healthy bread. I'm going to go with cornbread. It's healthy bread. Why? Why is it healthy? It's, it's, it's pretty much a vegetable. It's called cornbread. It's cornbread. Hello? Don't you wish you could take the Beatitudes and just pick and choose which ones you'd like to adhere to? 
Jesus didn't ask us to do that. He didn't give us ten commandments and say, take four. Ah. Nope. Beatitudes aren't multiple choice. Hello? They all change our life. All of them. And it takes them all to get us where we need to be. Hello, somebody. A few years ago, I was invited to preach. Um, I went to India, and I had the privilege of preaching in uh, Dr. Mark Buntain's church there in Calcutta, India. Calcutta, India, an incredible city. 22 million people in that city. That church has 13 different language-speaking churches. So at every, every time they meet around their facility, and th- I say facility, it's a massive church. There's a, a, a 15-story hospital next door that that's part of their, 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 their ministry as well. Then there's a 22-story school <laughs> that that's part of their church as well. And there's different language-speaking churches, 13 of them, that meet on Sundays all over that facility. And uh, we went to Calcutta and to, to, to help support the, the ministry going on there. And, and the, the pastor of the church, he said, I've had the names of the people that were coming on the list for a few weeks now. And me and my wife have been fasting and praying as to who would speak in which service. And, and he said, um, I want you to preach in this service and you to preach in this one. And, and mo- most all of those services were in different languages. So you'd preach through an interpreter, Right? And, and I, I had the privilege of preaching to the college students in their main auditorium that Sunday evening. And uh, I'll never forget it. We were up on the stage because I was up there for worship. And there were a few thousand people in the room. And I'm standing there and we're, we're, we're in the middle of worship. The songs were being sung and people were passionately worshiping God. Now, I want you to understand, 10 minutes before this service, the pastor pulled me aside and he said, here's a list of words and things that you can't say from the pulpit. And in fact, if you say them, you will disappear after this service and no one will ever hear from you again. There are government people that are in every service of ours, every one of our services. They infiltrate the church. And there's things that you can say in your country that's legal for you to say that aren't legal to say in our country and you'll disappear forever. I'm like, oh, thank you. (laughs) Holy Spirit, help keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Come on, everybody. And I'll never forget, I'm standing over here and I was on this side of the platform and the the music's being played and people are passionately worshiping Jesus in a language I didn't know. And then they would sing a song in English and then they'd sing a song in another language. And I didn't know the language. And and in fact, they were singing in several languages. And uh, the pastor leaned into me and he said, you see that pulpit right there, son? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, Billy Graham preached in that pulpit. He looked me in the square in the face and he said, you treat it right. He said, they don't need any of you. They need Jesus. And I'm standing there in that moment and I'm like, dear God, get me out of this room. (laughs) What have I done? What have I done? Put me in the parking lot. Come on, everybody. 
Let me direct traffic. I, there's, a, there's, there's meals being served outside out of massive metal kettles that are they're scooping rice into plates and people are taking them with them because they haven't had a bite of food and that church serves 120,000 people a day a meal. Pastor Ivan looks at me and he says, treat the word of God right, son. And I walk to that pulpit, probably with more humility than I've ever lived in my life. I began to read the passage of scripture that I was there to preach on and tears just streamed down my cheeks. I know that's not a surprise to any of you. Emotional guy. But instantly I wanted to be somewhere else. And I got done. I prayed and I walked back. And an associate pastor was taking the, the microphone and addressing the congregation. And Pastor Ivan looked at me and he said, You handled it well, son. You handled it well. I'll never forget standing in that room thinking, who am I to bring the message of God's hope for the world to this group of people? Who am I? Listen, there's nothing more powerful on all the earth than to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. Come on, everybody. Meekness is not weakness, it's power under control. Well, how does this work, Pastor Derek? I don't understand, how can this happen? In your notes, write these things down. How can I walk in this? Number one, a repentant heart. How do I do this? A repentant heart, that's how you do it. A repentant heart. God, I need you. God, I, I need your help. I'm sorry. It's not all about me, it's about you. It's not weakness. It's about being repentant. Hello? That's when you're strong enough to say, I was, I was wrong. Hello? I was wrong. A repentant heart, number two. A receptive spirit. A receptive spirit. Meekness is... It's a fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. It's one of the fruits we receive from the Lord. So we, so we have to have a receptive heart. Come on, everybody. Number three, responsive life. Responsive life. James, James says, the brother of Jesus, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. In deceiving yourself, be a doer of the word where, where you have to have a tender heart and thick skin. Did you hear that? Tender heart, thick skin. That's where you're, you learn to be okay by not being invited. Hello. It's where you live with nothing to prove and nothing to lose. It's God in control. God, I'm in God's hands. I'm God, God, I'm good with that. I'm in your hands. Fine with that. I'm not a doormat. 
Not fragile. Not a doormat. Not to be walked on. Not to be pushed around. But I'm also not arrogant. Proud. Pushy. It's God in control. What's interesting to me is in this beatitude, like all the others, it comes with some rewards. How many of you know that? The promises of God always come with rewards because he's a good father. Come on, everybody. It comes with reward. It comes with inheritance. Write some of these things down. Number one, to live with an uncommon security. Listen, you have the opportunity to live with an uncommon security. The world doesn't own me. The hate, the bitterness, the devil doesn't have me. The critical spirit doesn't own me. I have confidence that God has the last word. Come on, everyone. Guess what? We only live a short time here. You know that? These days are short. We're going to live a lot longer on the other side of the grave than we do on this one. Are you living for that? Or is your entirety, the entirety of your life right now, is it wrapped up on this side of the grave? Your effort, your money, your, your time, is it all about now? Or are you investing in more than now? Are you investing in more than now? It's di- hey, Listen, it's an uncommon security. Number two, number two, you've got to live with a higher perspective. What's this one? This one is this. Listen, I will not allow people to bait me into some argument or debate. I will not be distracted by anger. Listen to me if you have social media. I'm going to say that again because I think you need to hear it. I will not let people bait me in to some argument or debate. I will not be addicted by anger. Somebody come at me. I'm good. Hello? Last week I had a guy come at me on social media. I was like, what? I don't even understand it. I hadn't, I hadn't seen this guy in over 20 years. Dude is in ministry in California. Not Pastor Brian, not my, not my mentor, Pastor Brian, not, not him, different guy. I know some of you were thinking, is it Brian Hirsch? No, it's not. So this guy just comes at me. I'm like, so I, I, said, I said to him, I said, hey, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. But I'd love to hear. If I've offended you in any way, please message me privately. Or I'll walk with you through it. What is it? He apologized. He's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have come at you like that. I wish he would have privately messaged me so he could work and have a conversation. He didn't. He just went on. Listen, I will not let people bait me into some argument or or debate. I'm not going to be distracted by anger. Man. Write that down if you're taking notes. I will not be distracted by anger. Okay, some of you today, when you leave, go get that tattooed on you. Like on your hand, maybe your cheek, where you can see it. Just kidding. Don't don't get a hand or cheek tattoos. You can if you are that meek, but I'm not. Um, live with a higher perspective. Proverbs 15:1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
Soft word stirs up anger. Listen, I, I, I've had to learn that one over the years. Many of you have heard me talk about I had a bad anger problem growing up. Occasionally that thing, I, I believe God healed me of that. But I will say this, if I allow myself to get wrapped up in a life without meekness, I can get hot that fast. I, I can boil over in a moment. I'll never forget a few years ago, we were in the parking lot at Gander Mountain in, Tex in Amarillo, Texas. Creed was with me. Dylan was with me. I dropped off Gail somewhere fun like the mall. Maybe Sam's. Yay! Target. Which, you know, when I hear Target, I think of other things. Anyway. <clears throat> so I went to Gander Mountain. I went to look at guns or something. I don't know what I did. But I walked out. We got in the car. And I was, I put the vehicle in reverse. I, I check my mirrors and I'm backing up. And all of a sudden, something hits my vehicle. And I thought, somebody hit us. It was somebody, but it was this little man that slapped the side of the vehicle and started screaming at me. Look at me. It was not a meek moment for your pastor. I lost it. I rolled down the window and I embarrassed that man in front of his wife. I said, sir, if you need me to get out, bounce you across this parking lot I can and I will show those two little boys right there what their daddy's made of you should have seen us right out you almost ran us over I said you need to collect your children sir they're running loose in a parking lot I was nowhere near them I almost lost it how many of you, that would have been a bad day for me to get out right then. Bad things can happen quickly, yes. Even on the best of circumstances, bad things. Bad things already happened and I was still seated in the car. And here's, here's what happened. I scared my sons. I scared them. Because here's the thing. Anger and fear are tied together. How many know that? Anger and fear are tied together. I was angry, but the fear went to them. Dylan looked at me. The guy's still right there. Dylan looked at me and he said, Dad, roll the window up, roll the window up, roll the window up. He's crying. And I thought, what have I done? We have the ability to live a life different than the world around us. How many of the world around us is reactionary? It's roll the window down and give him some. Come on, everybody. It's also slap the car. Number three, if you haven't written it down, you have an opportunity to live with a supernatural power. 
meekness is the abiding place of God's provision and protection for your life. That's what meekness is. Walk in meekness. You, when you walk in it, you watch God supernaturally provide for you in a way that you cannot explain. Come on. Guys, live surrendered. Surrendered, right? There's a humility list that Mother Teresa wrote describing the power of meekness. Check it out. It says this. Speak as little as, little as you possibly can about yourself. Meekness. Keep busy with your own affairs and not those of others. Accept small irritations with good humor. That's meekness. Do not dwell on the faults of others. That's meek right there. Accept being for accept being forgotten and disregarded with ease. Can I confess that one's a difficult one for me? Be courteous and delicate even when someone provokes you. Ouch. Do not seek to be admired or loved. What? Give in. Give in in discussions when you're right. Somebody, you, you, can I just say this? I think some of you are going to have the option, opportunity to practice that today. Right? You know you're right. Just like, okay. Meekness. Do not be, or excuse me. And then this one, choose always the more difficult task. Oh, I got it. I'll do the hard thing. Derek, these are difficult to live these days. Listen, it's, it's, it's difficult to live the Beatitudes in this world. It's, it's difficult to live these out. Tomorrow, sun, Sunday morning, we're, it's a little easier in here. Monday, let's go Thursday at noon. Looking for Friday. It's hard to walk in the Beatitudes. Here's my question for you. What world are you living for? Are you only living for this world or are you living for the world that's beyond the grave? Are you only living for the now or are you living for yourself and the critics around you? Or are you living for the King of Kings? Who are you living for? Listen, more meekness, more power. for you. Did you get something today? Anybody? God, we thank you for your word. It is indeed a powerful force. The power of the Holy Spirit you used author after author to put pen to paper to write the words that we have declared and discussed today in this place. God, today, today we have to wrestle with what we've heard. And so, God, I pray for every single person in this room. 
myself included, God, I need more meekness. I need more. If this is you, if that's you, would you raise your hand all over this place? Just, just declare to the Lord, God, I need, I need more meekness in my life. Help me, Lord. Help me with this. Because this, this would help me. This would, this would help me. This would help my family. This, this would help everyone around me, God, if I could live a life of, of, of surrendered strength, of, of power that is focused. So I pray, I pray, God, for all of us in this room today. I think we're all in the same place. But I also pray for those in this room that want to say, God, I want to surrender my life completely to you today. Listen, you talk about the ultimate act of meekness is knowing this that without God I want you to understand I want you to understand something without God, listen you're responsible for paying for your own sin but because of his meekness Jesus Christ came to die on the cross be resurrected from the grave three days later submitting himself to the power of God. Dying so that you could live. Today he wants to change your eternity. And this is what scripture says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that he's the son of God. He rose from the grave and he died on your behalf. That you will be saved. All over this room, that's the question that you have before you right now. Will I live for Jesus or will I live for me? I want you to understand there's, if you live for someone else, it's, it's not living for him. Are you going to live for Jesus? Submit to the power of God and allow him to change your life today. Confess, believe. Come on, everybody, that he's the one, the son of God. And then I think we would all pray this prayer together this morning. That God, you would allow us to walk in meekness. Bring power under submission in our life. And may we know that you are doing a work because on our own, we would not choose this path. We would rise in power. We would rise in strength. We would show our own way. We would, we would try to choose from the wisdom of our own heart. God, we submit to you. We submit to your wisdom, your authority. Would you lead us? Would you lead us in Jesus' name? Amen. Would you stand to your feet all over this room? God, I pray a prayer of blessing over this congregation of people this morning. That when we leave here, we don't leave the church, but we leave as the church to go and to do your will in this land, in this city and around this world, declaring that you, oh God, the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, you're the one that we serve. You're the one we submit to. You're the one we listen to. Empower us now as we go and do your will upon this earth. Keep us safe, keep us strong. But Lord God, keep us submitted to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening with us today. 
You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.